I'm solution focused, you know, women, we get stuff done. I think my ADHD helped. I, you know, I if I've got something I want to do, I really will find out. And with ADHD, you kind of are able to look around, look over, look under. Welcome to the Brave Bold Brilliant podcast. I'm delighted to have Maxine Laceby with me today. And Maxine is the founder and CEO of Absolute Collagen. But there's a lot more to you, Maxine, than just the business side, isn't there? Because we started and you said, I am who I am. Yes, I am who I am. And I will correct you, I'm no longer the CEO, but we'll go into that and why I'm no longer, because it's all connected. Yes, I am who I am. And I'm okay with that. But my God, it's taken me many years to get there. Wow. So where did you start? And how have you got to the point now where you are comfortable being your true authentic self then, Maxine? Because it sounds like there's a bit of a journey here. Definitely. I think... You know, I got my I started my business in when I was 49. I had absolutely no business experience. And my journey, how I got to absolute collagen, to creating the formula that is absolute collagen, to discovering collagen was so my eldest daughter was going off to university. She was 18. My youngest daughter uh, had passed a driving test. And I recall that day saying to Margot, my youngest, bye-bye, darling, while I was drinking my coffee in bed because I didn't have to do the school run. I was like, oh, my God, this is so fantastic. I have my time again. And it was kind of a revelation. It really was. And anybody that's been a mother or even not a mother, you know, we're always we're always something to somebody. And every morning I'd wake up unconsciously and I'd say, "What, what hat does everyone need me to wear today? And I had that revelation that I no longer needed to put that hat on. I no longer needed to show up as what people wanted me to. And that sounds a little bit like I was pretending and I wasn't. And the example I'll give you is the school gates, right? You know, I would like to say I have always been authentically Maxine. But when I go back to the school gates, as I call them, the gates to hell, you know, dropping my children off at school, you don't want your children to be different. So you do conform, right? You don't want them to go, oh, your mum's this, your mum's that. So even though you don't know it, you are conforming. And I just had this moment of, wow, my time's now mine. And what shall I do? And I'd always been interested in art. You know, I'm a countless kid with, you know, it, when I got to 15, it was like, get out and earn money. Don't even think about it. There was just no, I mean, university college was just not even a thing that was discussed. And I'm okay with that too. And just go out and earn money. And I did. And and then suddenly I got to 49 and I just thought, wow, what what do I want to do? And I'd always been interested in art. And so only in later life, actually. And I thought, right, I'm going to do a fine art degree. So I embarked on a fine art degree in Wolverhampton, which is my hometown where I live. And within that first year, one of my first projects, so I used to have long, dark, curly hair, um, and when and I saw it dyed every what four five six weeks, whoever because the grey would come through, and always felt I had to turn up as as and, and look a little bit polished or whatever, which is the hard work, right? And so one of my projects, one of my very first projects, and big big projects in the first year was to strip myself bare of makeup and let my hair go grey, and I did that for three just over three months. I also had some of the the colour taken out of my hair, so it went a bit yellow with these grey roots, and I had it chopped short. It was quite radical, actually. Mm. And, and I think it took, looking back, it took a lot of courage, but I was just done 
being what the world experiences what the pressures I probably put on myself to turn up I can't have gray hair I need to wear makeup and I think during this project for three three months I called it dare to go bare and it seems a bit crazy now because you know we've had the pandemic and everybody's a bit more relaxed and I think people are wearing no makeup now and are being authentically themselves but this was my journey and I hated it I absolutely at that moment for those three months I just felt really insecure I felt naked. I felt exposed. Uh, it was just weird. And every morning I'd get up and it's ironic that I've created a skincare brand because every morning I'd get up and I'd put this make-believe onesie on and that skin, that onesie was Maxine. And I did not know what was going to come out the other side. And looking again, when I speak to absoluters who are, are uh, people that buy absolute collagen, our followers... I think most women go through this time and you have to allow yourself the time to go through. And it's quite frightening. It's like, what do I wear? What am I supposed to look like? Who am I? You know, and it was just a really, really strong moment in my life. And I realized how insecure I was. And I used to have a little yellow post-it note on my mirror during that time saying, you are enough. That was it. And I used to look at that every day. Yes, I'm enough. It's not about what I look like. I'm enough, you know. And I kind of, as I said, realized I was desperately insecure. And I started looking at myself as a whole. I looked at myself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And one of the first physical things I did is I started making and drinking my own bone broth. And I just had this most overwhelming sense of well-being. And my friends like, what what are you doing? Because like you're kind of sparkling. Even the whites of my eyes were just sparkly, and I was like, I don't know. I reckon it might this bone broth stuff. So I was making big vats of it, and whenever I let it go cold, a jelly would form on top. And I know that jelly. I knew at that point that jelly wasn't fat. It looked different. I was like, what is that jelly? And I'm solution focused. You know, women we get stuff done. I think my ADHD helped. I, you know, I, if I've got something I want to do, I really will find out. And with ADHD, you kind of are able to look around, look over, look under. And I'd worked out that it was collagen. It was, that was the jelly. And that really, so it was back in 2015. And that was the start of my journey with Absolute Collagen. Wow. Gosh. So, I mean, literally, I was was reading your bio and it says, you know, Maxine started the business from her kitchen table, you know, which is many entrepreneurs do when you're bootstrapping a business, you're starting something new. But I didn't actually realize that you'd also been cooking up your broth. And that was the the magic ingredients that came from that. Wow. The kitchen played a big role in this business. The kitchen. yeah, I mean, it definitely plays a big role. And I think at that point, it was just my vats of of boiling up, you know, to make this jus. And I didn't, I couldn't barely switch on a computer. And I didn't, and I, at some point during that journey, I looked out into the world. And I looked out into what was available. And I looked, I just looked up. And that was the journey of, okay, there's nothing out there, you know, that, that, that is that, that is this what I want. What did I want? You know, I wanted the maximum collagen, the minimum dose. I wanted it ready mix. I didn't want to uh, keep it in the fridge. I did not want to pay a lot of money for it. And I was questioned on that so many times because 
if you look at the collagen liquid collagen supplements now they're all based on our price i mean we were the first i launched a formula that i created into my kitchen in my kitchen into a market that did not exist and we set the price and lots of people say oh you know you could charge more you could charge more and i had to really go into my psyche and i had to say yeah i could charge more because there was one skincare supplement out there that was many things not just collagen it was really expensive and i just thought why do I not, why am I not comfortable charging more when I can? And I spent a couple of weeks and that's something I do is I sometimes, I always thought being an entrepreneur, I had to have the answers like, you know, snappy, but I've learned my journey into entrepreneurship. I've learned that I, I kind of go into myself and that I tend to do housework and, you know, you don't think you're doing anything, but you're processing and it's suddenly, suddenly the penny dropped that I was that little girl at six years old walking around Bath, where I come from, all these beautiful products on show, holding my mum's hand. And I was, remember thinking, why can my mum not afford the products that other mums can? Why can't she buy that lipstick? Because that woman's buying it. Somebody else's mum's buying it. And so to me, price was really, really key. And yeah, I mean, it works out if you subscribe at £1.96 £1. per day, uh, which is far less than a cup of coffee nowadays and and I think the uniqueness of when you build a brand is you are so entwined it's unbelievable and I just did some mentoring today with some young entrepreneurs coming up and you know I just said you are your biggest asset you know every brand is different because we are different as as people and that's how it's supposed to be so that was the start Wow, amazing! And I was going to ask you actually about sort of the early years. You mentioned you you said you grew up in a you know in a council house and and you know that environment of I suppose a lot of scarcity around really you yeah. know in terms of not being able to afford things etc. Did you feel that? I mean, you said you 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 questioned, oh, why can't my mum afford that? Mm-hmm. But did you feel that you were in a in an environment that was that was lacking, or was it actually you had a great childhood and it was full of love? And yes, you knew the money maybe wasn't as as you know, prevalent as possibly other kids at school, or, or were you just not aware? Because I'm quite interested as a child, like the perception. Yeah I, I, yeah, I was very aware. You know, we grew up in 70s. I was born in 1966 in a council estate. And, you know, it was crazy times, 70s and 80s in a council estate. And I think if I look back, and I've done some soul searching on this, we were the poorest of the poor, and we were looked down on by other people in the council estate and you know my mum was an alcoholic single parent and all those things when you look back you think ah that's why people didn't like her that's why people gave us a wide berth that's why people treated me differently because they did but you know my childhood was full of lots of love you know my mum I'm adopted my mum absolutely loved me I was loved and I that's all I needed was love My mum had her own issues. And when I look back as to why she was an alcoholic, there were many reasons. My mum was illiterate. She couldn't read or write because she was kept home from school. She was the young, second youngest of 16. She was the one kept home from school to do all the housework. So yes, she couldn't read or write. And then, and so she had her own stuff going on. And when her, my dad and her split up, she was terrified. And I get it. I absolutely get it. And that's given me lots of gifts. You know, I, 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 we were just talking earlier about the Princess Trust. I'm a patron and I work with the Young Enterprise. And, you know, a lot of those people come up through really, you know, no fault of their own circumstances that don't guide them into greatness. You know, and I always say, 
and this is so bizarre to say this, you know, my career choices when I was growing up were prostitution or becoming a criminal, right? That is honestly. Now, if you got a 16-year-old boy, girl, right, whatever, on a counsellor's day, their parents got no money, like my mum had no money, we're struggling to feed ourselves, and you have the option of buying something nicked, buying something that's nicked and selling it at a profit or going to work for, what was I earning then, £2.50 an hour, right? You know, it's it's kind of, you have to look beyond what drives people. Fortunately for me, I was so frightened of my mum upsetting her. I didn't do anything wrong apart from being naughty at school. Um, but yeah, I was very, very loved. Uh, hated school. Absolutely didn't get school. Didn't get creativity, although I am creative. And I think that is part of when you're in an environment where it's all about survival, you have no space for creative creativity, you know. And I remember being nine years old and about nine and our iron broke and we couldn't afford a new one. And so I rewired it and I didn't, it wasn't just the plug. I literally took the back off the iron, wrote everything down, stripped the wires back, put, and it worked. Oh my God. So it was about survival. And I just think there was many, many skills. And did I have a great childhood? Too damn right I did. I would go back and have it again tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it shapes who you are, doesn't it? You know, and like you say, you're either going to be become those people that are your peer group at the time or it's going to catapult you to do something different and you know I think you I interviewed Lord John Bird actually the founder of The Big Issue for the podcast yeah, um, I, yeah. I actually went I to the Lords and, and interviewed him and um, I mean again you know kind of grew up in you know in a very sort of in the slums really of Notting Hill um, very very different part of the UK but nonetheless and, and obviously you know a life of crime in and out of prison etc etc but, but then that ended up fueling him to create you know what's an incredible organization that gives back and helps people you know get out yeah. of homelessness so it's a, it's always a fascinating um discovery I think around where life started for people and kind of where they've ended up and and that self-awareness on the journey and you, you mentioned Maxine that you know school just wasn't really a great environment for you um, and obviously you've got the ADHD, which you talk very openly about. But I guess back then that kind of thing wasn't really diagnosed, presumably. Um, you know, so what we've just seen as being a disruptive kid at school that didn't have attention span, et cetera, so sort of labelled and sort of put into that that box of, you know, being the, being the naughty one at school. Was that how it was for you? 100%. I was definitely the naughty one, the clown. And I remember my mum going into the school when I was probably about 13 and she went with my brother, who was only five years older than me. And she said I, they were telling her things about me that my mum just said, that's not Maxine, I, that's not my daughter. And they sent me to see a psychologist and the psychologist came back and said, she's so desperate to please her mum that she will not do anything wrong at home. Every child needs an outlet. And so mine was school. And that was where I was able, and I was never like a bully or anything. I was just fun. I just wanted to clown around the whole time, you know. My mum used to work nights as well, two nights a week when I was probably about 14, which sounds terrible now. My brother had left home to live with my dad and it was just me and my mum. And we lived in this block of flats and I was so scared. And she said to me, I've got this job, it's nights, it's being a, 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 a nurse where I think it was like, um, not necessarily a nurse, but she was cleaning and stuff in the theatre. I'm like, that's great, mum, you know. She went, yeah, but it's nights. And so she said, are you okay with that? I went, absolutely. I was so scared, so scared. But 
there's no way I was going to tell my mum that because it was all about survival. And even that, you know, you, do you, you know, when you're that vulnerable, you have to read a room. And I, luckily for me, I picked up very, very early how to walk into a room and think, because I stayed out all night. My mum didn't know, but I was so scared I wouldn't go in the house on my own in the flat. And so I'd walk the streets, stay out all night. And then I literally picked up the ability to walk into a room and go, who can I trust? And that is such a skill. Now, my emotional intelligence and my intuition is never, ever let me down. Once I learned to tune into it, and that sounds really romantic and people say, oh my God, your business is not just built on emotional intelligence. But you know what? It's massive. Never underestimate it. And it is a skill and it is an asset and it is part of Absolute Collagen's journey. And I'm very, very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have all the terminology these days, don't you? <laughs> Emotional intelligence. Yes. Actually, it was just like, well, I kind of going to know if I'm going to like gel with you or get on with you or we're going to sort of, you know, share the same language. And uh, yeah, I found all my years overseas, actually, where I was working, you know, in China and in India, I came back and I was so much better mm. at understanding people just because I'd had to really have my radar up around yeah. the cultural nuances. Um, and actually, that just made me a better leader um, through that experience. But yeah, emotional intelligence is a great word, um, but actually it's grounded in relationships and human to human contact, isn't it? It is. And also I think that, you know, I look back and I think, what did my mum teach me? You know, the thing my mum taught me so beautifully because she was the black sheep and we were the black sheep family of everything was just because somebody doesn't do it your way, it doesn't make them wrong. It actually makes them very, very strong. So I always look beyond people's behavior and I know there's a reason for everything. And yeah, I mean, everyone's who they are for a reason and we have to love that and embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to the discovery of the broth and the gel and the collagen and what has then become our absolute collagen. How did you go from that sort of, I suppose, bit of a light bulb moment of going, oh, wow, I'm onto something here to actually then saying, right, I'm going to start a business. Um, And then we're going to talk about scaling and and how that's been a different journey again, Maxine. But, you know, starting a business, idea, inception, thinking, oh, this could be interesting. How did that then translate into actually starting the business and some of the basic things that you, you kind of put in place at the beginning? Well, this is where I think the ADHD really comes into play, to be honest with you, because it's really difficult to blend. So the Greek word for collagen is cola, which means glue. So if you've got eight grams of powdered glue, and now that's a 10 mil dose, but it's not 10 mil of water in there, a lot less. And if you put, a, say, four or five mil of water into that, it gloops and it just gloops. But I was, I just didn't want it to be any bigger because I would, if, if I had to drink twice on that, I'm not going to drink it, you know? And so the formula, I was like, I have to fuck to figure this out. And so I was in my kitchen blowing up blenders, industrial blenders. I was blowing them up and I was, oh, my God, it was just exploding everywhere. And I got to a point where I'd worked out two things I needed to do. And I'm not going to tell you what they are. And I went to a blender that had been blended, blending for two very, very, very big high street chemists, if you like. <laughs> for 25 years and I said to him will you blend this for me and he looked at it and he went this is a sh-. he looked at all the, the ingredients and he said this is a stupid product it won't blend I went no you're right you're very right 
but there's two things I do I've worked out and he went oh I'll give it a go anyway he called me back back two weeks later and he says and I owe you an apology this is incredible you know I've been in the business 25 years I've not worked this out and he had the decency to actually say that and so and I do think that is part of being a woman, being solution focused, ADHD, you know, I just want to get stuff done. I was never going to give up. And so that was probably one of the most, well, there was two really big issues. Talking about big issue. First of all, <laughs> the formula, you know, getting it to how I wanted it. That was massive. It took me every year to get, to get it to where I wanted it. And secondly, we'd created a product in our kitchen and we would launch it into a market that didn't exist. How are we going to get people to understand us and so I was told time and time again that I needed backing of a big brand I needed to be in retail and I was like no no no. and if you it sounds crazy now this was like the end of 2016 and I said I want to go direct to consumer and everybody was like you what and it sounds crazy now because everybody's doing it but there was very few brands that were direct to consumer and there was many reasons for that one I wanted a relationship with them right I knew the product. It was a brand new market. I was the only person or we were the only people, what was just me at the beginning, qualified to educate the consumer. So it had to be us. Nobody else could do that. And as importantly, I wanted the absoluters to have a really, really good journey. I wanted them to be seen, to be heard, to be respected. I want them to challenge us, us to challenge back. And I wanted a relationship with them. And that's what we got by going direct to consumer. It just meant we had to spend a hell of a lot of money on uh, advertising. And I think, again, a skill I believe I've got is knowing what I'm not good at. And, you know, I was in a, a, I was in a doing a talk recently and this guy said, have you got imposter syndrome? I went, absolutely not. I'm, I'm pretty shit at lots of things. And do you know what? I'm okay with that. That doesn't mean I've got imposter syndrome. It just means I know my capabilities. And what I am good at and what I did on day one is I brought people in to uh, support my weaknesses, whether that was tech, whether that was digital marketing. You know, I ran out of stock quite a lot. So Darcy, my daughter, she was studying food science and that's been phenomenal for Absolute Collagen and um, helped me with the formula and then started all, doing all the ops. Um, and so just bringing people in, you're not going to be great at everything and that's okay. Yeah, and, and and that's that's spot on actually. I mean, you know, maybe because you came to the to business later in your life, you kind of got that early on in your business journey. But for a lot of a lot of business leaders, whether they're in the corporate world or they're running their own businesses, very often they it takes a long time before they learn that lesson. <laughs> and actually, yes, you know. it does. And you know, I and people kept telling me like, "Oh, watch this guy." Uh, I don't know some. Gary Vay, watch this, watch that. And I'm like, do you know what? I just want to be me. I don't want to be Gary Vay. I don't want to be anybody else. I respect people, but my brand will be me. And if I can't authentically be me, I don't want to be it. You know, I don't want this. And so I've always been really, really strong in being me. But again, I do think that comes with age and having the confidence and also that strip myself self bear of makeup that whole project when I just discovered I just wanted to be Maxine and nothing else nothing more nothing less and that's I believe what our brand stands for you know we get many women that um you know we have no desire to look 21 I'm 57 do you know what? I'm okay with that you know and we're very accepting of people we you know we don't 
I support every absolute and whatever decision they make. You know, we've got absolutes that do Botox. Do you know what? If that's right for you, you go and do it, girl, because that's right for you. You know, who am I to say you can't do this, you can't do that? And so it's all about empowerment. And that does stem from my journey of that self-discovery, my art project. But also, if I look at my me and my two girls, so I divorced their dad back in 2012. We just, we, we're great friends, by the way, now. We just wanted different things in our lives. You know, he was ready to retire, do lots of holidays. And I just didn't want that. I just, I was hungry for something. And so we bought where we live now at the time. It was a rat infested pit. And everybody said, what have you bought that pit for? It's been, it's been empty two years. Nobody wants to buy it. And so I guess they were 11 and 13 at that time. And so I always say, me and the two girls, we were fluid and we empowered one another and there was no right, no wrong. And when someone had a strength, they came forward and then one of us would step back. And that's how I feel our brand is, you know, it's very about being, just being accepting and open and embracing. Yeah, and that's liberating, isn't it? You know, and, and to create yeah. that environment for your girls at such a young age and, you know, 11, 13, they're impressionable ages, you know, hormones are going crazy, probably with the 13 year old one yeah. and, you know, there's a lot going on there, divorce from the father, but trying to, you know, renovate the blooming house and all this stuff. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot in one go. But to create that environment for your girls, I mean, it's it's um, it, it must have been quite empowering and liberating for them as well, actually. I don't think we, we didn't. We, looking back, yes. But I think when when we look back at our journey and they've both been instrumental, certainly Darcy's my co-founder. She's been so instrumental in the business. She's got so many strengths I haven't got. You know, I'm the batshit crazy one. I am the uh, ADHD. I'm foot on the accelerator, full blast, I'm off. And Darcy's like coming up behind me in a dustpan brush going, God, what's she doing now, you know? But it works. It bloody works. And I'm not that bad anymore. Um, and it's just it's just empowering. And yeah, so it, it's it's great fun. And I think looking back, we, we almost were laying the foundations for a business without knowing it. Weird. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. And, you know, let's talk about the product a, a little bit more. And I just want to touch on kind of beauty at any age, you know, and that's sort of, and we'll talk about social media and the role that's played because it's so important. So so absolute collagen then, who is who's it for primarily? And then what are the benefits that, that you know, your kind of absoluters get from from using the product? So collagen, you are 70 percent collagen as a human being. You are that's that's kind of who you are it's in your joints your tendons it's in your brain your stomach it's everywhere it's in your skin hair nails and when I discovered um the collagen I just couldn't work out why we haven't been taking it since the Greeks discovered it you know because it's a phenomenal ingredient so when you get to about 25 about 25 your collagen levels start depleting they start going down so you can look at a six-year-old and they're bending in different shapes and they've got great skin as you get older it just deteriorate you know you don't look look as you know you've got a few lines and wrinkles your hair might get a bit limp and you can't bend as much as you do and so our audience is getting younger and younger so it used to be sort of 45 to 65 and older and we're finding it's getting younger because it's people are just realizing it's about prevention as well so when you take absolute collagen and there's a reason we are liquid so our liquid collagen, that's eight grams of coll- marine collagen, is equal to 16 collagen pills. And the reason for that is because you only 
uh, in you only absorb half of the tablet and you absorb a lot more of the collagen. So it's equal to 16 pills. Being liquid, it, in, it gets absorbed higher up the digestive tract. Now, collagen is a protein. Protein should not go into the bloodstream. But ours is marine, hydrolyzed marine collagen. What does that mean? So marine collagen is far superior than any other collagen for, for what we use it for. And hydrolyzed means it's been broken down to such small particles that it does go into the bloodstream. So what happens is you take the collagen, it goes into the bloodstream. Under your skin, you've got fibroblasts and they're responsible for producing collagen. But they, as I said, they start switching off. So what it does is it not only puts collagen into your system, it also stimulates your, your fibroblasts and says, wake up, make collagen. So it's twofold. It works works like that. And so, you know, we it, it, I brought it out for hair, skin, nails, you know, and the hair came about because, I know, we've been going about six to eight weeks and somebody on social media says back in 2017, somebody said, oh my God, I've been taking it like a week and my hair's a lot softer. And somebody else said, that defies science. I'm like, yes, that definitely defies science. So I contacted a trichologist called Eva Pragman, who works with us today still, and said, Eva, can you do some perception trials on our product? Because people are saying it's make their hair softer after like a week, and that's not scientifically possible. She said, no, you're right. So she took it away, did a perception trial, came back and said, yes, what it does is it increases your sebum level. So you've obviously got sebum on your scalp as well. You've got glands. So when it increase, it gets increased, you touch your hair, you brush it, and the sebum travels down the shaft. So that's the early reaction to absolute collagen. And then long term, it's got your full amino acid profile, so it does make your hair thicker and stronger. So, yeah, I mean, that is basically what collagen does. Wow. So, Maxine, I have never ingested collagen. I will always buy, you know, face cream with collagen in. But I'm sitting here, I'm going, oh, I need to get 100%. on this. 100%. And, you know, ours is straight from, I take mine straight from the sachet. Isn't it a quiet taste? Yes, of course it's a quiet taste. It's not a sweet. Yeah. And it's, it, I say to people, it's got the consistency of honey because that's what it is. It's a glue. So it's like syrup. And, yeah, I'll take mine now. So we've got three flavours. We've got the lemon, which is the original. We've got mandarin and mango. And then we've got a raspberry. And that's because our absoluters, some of them don't like lemon. So we, we just switch it up for them. Some people put it in water. Some people put it in their porridge. You know, you take it however you want. One a day, any time of day. And, and, just, and I wanted it to be taken on the go. So I keep some in my car, some in my gym bag, some in my office desk. And just take it whenever, whenever I remember, because I'm not great at remembering things. Yeah. How simple is that? I love it. And, and you know, is it I, I assume you've got a bias towards a female audience, but given what you said about the benefits, actually, presumably it's not actually about gender. Do you get quite a lot of guys? Um, yeah, sort of definitely. Out? We get a lot of men that take it. You know, a lot of the time their wives and all their partners introduce them to it and some just come on their own. But, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I feel that our brand voice is female because, I can't talk like a bloke because I'm a man, I'm, I'm a woman and it would be a little unauthentic of us to pretend. And so, yeah, we are female focused, but it is definitely for both. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I tell you what, no one tells you this shit when you start getting older, that things are going to hurt, that you have to sort of roll out of bed and you don't jump out of bed like you used to. And seriously, I'm having all sorts of problems with my knees and this and the yeah. other on 
Honestly, and so you got the don't talk about the bloody menopause. Oh my God, you know, I mean, how long have you got? But presumably, you know, when you're at that stage of life as well, where, you know, your joints are aching a little bit or you maybe pick up more injuries when you go for a run, these little things start to happen as you age. 100%. Presumably collagen, absolute collagen is great just for that general well-being and kind of keeping it all well-oiled. It is. We get lots of uh, reviews on our website. So somebody might come on and say, my knee no longer hurts. We've got to take that off because we're not on medicine and we do things by the book. We are an authentic company. You know, I always say all we ever have to do is the next right thing. And so we wouldn't leave that review up there because it's wrong too. Um, Although that customer... That absolute has had positive experience. You know, we're not entitled to say that because it's not a medicine. So you have to you have to play by the rules. And I'm very much a rule person, which shocks me, actually. <laughs> I'm first starting life as a well, you didn't break the rules when you were a kid, though, did you? you no, I didn't. To, you know, you, you did. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, fu- it's funny, isn't it? And I think that's because I think I've always had a conscience. Mm. You know, something's always sat there. And I've, oh, I can't do that, you know, and. And I just, I, do you know what? It's just so much easier to do things right, okay? Like, I love paying tax. I like, I'm an upstanding citizen and I'm like, yeah, I pay tax, fantastic. You know, a tax bill sometimes is, is quite phenomenal, especially when we did the, uh, got the investment. Um, but yeah, I just think you just got to do the right thing. You need to sleep at night. We're a family business. We share the same values, the same principles, same morals. And that makes life a lot easy. Um and we all need to, our heads need to hit the pillow at night and we need to know that we've done the right thing across all of the business. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes back to your values and kind of your purpose and, and really understanding your why and just making sure that I think it keeps you true, doesn't it? You know, if you ever have those 100%. decisions, oh, you know, do I, do, sometimes you, the money comes you, you, and you, there's a temptation there. It could be to sell a business, buy a business have a certain supplier relationship that commercially on paper might be better, but then you, I think you've got to come back to your why, your values, and go, well, actually, is this us? Is this what we're about? Well, it's interesting you say that. So not all collagen's equal, um, and it's a big market. So a lot of the fish get fed antibiotics and hormones, and you know, we use a certain supplier that no one else uses, and we do that for a reason. You know, yeah. We've gone out, we've ordered them, um, and that's because we want to stand in front of our products and be really proud. And that those things are really, really important to us. I don't want my absolutists taking something that's got full of antibiotics and, and hormones. Why would I want that? Um, so, and that is who we are. And I think, I think those things are really important. You know, it's, it can't just be about making money. It was, it's never been about making money ever, weirdly enough. It's always been about purpose. And our purpose is like, you know, we want her to be seen. And it, it goes back to my story of that art project. You know, I just want her to be seen, to be heard. I want her to be able to turn up as herself, be confident, to see herself represented. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all those things are really important to us. Yeah, 100%. And, and let's just lead on from that because obviously B Corporation status is, is, a, is a big thing. It's a really exciting thing. I mean, you know, there's a lot more talk about ESG today, which yeah. I think is a good thing, environment, social governance, for those that don't know. Um, and within that B Corporation status is clearly the, you know, the gold standard, really, isn't yeah. it, in terms of doing the right thing. So do you want to just talk about your kind of B Corp journey as well and how, how that's yeah. fitted with the overall business? I mean, it make complete sense to us. It really did. You know, so we had somebody come in and she suggested it. And we were like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, it's not easy. 
you know, it shouldn't be easy. And there's lots of things that you've got to overcome. And I, I try and explain to people, it's like a framework for your business that means you are ticking every box of values and, you know, you set your North Star and, you you know, you, you do that and you do put the planet people first. And that's how it should be, whether they're the team or the consumer, you know, because there's a greed out there. And I think we all have a responsibility. So B Corp to us was a no brainer. It was not easy to get by any means. And it was a long process. Um, and you have to keep working on it as well. So every three years you go back and they tell you what, you know, you have to get your score up and, and you're always, always working on it. And people in the business love it. They absolutely love it. So yeah, for us, it was just a no brainer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, and Elemis uh, quite recently got B Corp status, which again, I, I was delighted by because I just thought, you know, it's a large organization as well, you know, yeah. with probably legacy process yeah. systems, etc. you know, so so arguably possibly harder to change when you've been established for a long time. And obviously they're owned by uh, Lucky Turn, aren't they as well? So, yeah. you know, interesting dynamic, you know, but I think for any anyone that's listening, it's a business owner that's thinking, oh, could this be a good thing to do? Actually, absolutely. And as you say, it, it's not easy, but it's the right thing to do. But also there isn't a conflict necessarily, quite the opposite between doing the right thing and making money. You know, I think often people think, oh, well, if I do all of that green stuff, yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm, 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 it's going to cost me money. Well, no, it's going to actually enhance your, your, your financial performance. I mean, yeah, I mean, it does cost money. There's no doubt about that to change things. And you you have to have difficult conversations with suppliers, you know, because it makes you... It gives you a framework to question your supplier. You know, what's your uh, rate of female employees? You know, what, it, it, you know, where do you know where that product comes from? Even if it's just a glass jar, where is that from? Where does it start? We want to know where that starts. And it's just really important. And greenwashing, I'm just not into, forget it. When when we mentioned, when this was brought to me, I went, is it greenwashing? Because it's greenwashing, forget it. I'm not interested. You know, you've got to do something. And I'm really, really proud, actually, of B Corp. Really, really proud. Yeah, yeah, you should, as you rightly should be. Hard to get. And uh, and like you say, it's not a given that you keep it. it you, it's nope. going to hold you to account, you know, over time yeah. as well. So, But I just think ultimately today, people, consumers are choosing more and more who they spend their hard-earned cash with in terms of brands and and what have you. And also employee employees, you know, if you're going to work for an organisation, more and more, you know, they're looking and saying, well, hang on, where are you on D&I? Where are you on sustainability? Where are you on all this stuff? Um, so actually... Actually, commercially, yes, it might be. An, it's an investment, isn't it? Like any investment yeah. to get a return, yeah. but a return for the values that you bring, the good you do in the world. And of course, financially, great. Okay. But, you know, it's all of those things. So, yeah, I think our if team anyone, love it. Yeah. And, and that's it, you know, and, and I'm sure I'm sure they do. And it aligns perfectly for you. So, Maxine, earlier you mentioned about um, the finance side of things and, and raising finance and, you know, the early days of starting up. Did you bootstrap the business originally then? Was that kind of how you started or did you have an injection of kind of capital at the beginning? So I started the business completely on my own. I didn't go to the bank. I funded it myself. I sold jewellery. I borrowed money from friends, which I've paid back, by the way. Um, I begged and borrowed and sold stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I put a lot of money into the business. And I think that was, there was one point where I remortgaged the house and, you know, I sat the kids down and sort of said, look, you know, I'm going to do this because we're a team, right? And, you know, and they said, what does that mean? And I went, well, it might mean we have to sell the house and move to a smaller house. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, we're okay with that. 
And so I kept them informed. And you know what? It really could have not worked. You know, I did take that. And it is a massive risk. I am a risk taker today. In fact, I say today, but even when I look back, even that conversation I have with the children, my risks are considered. Mm. I consider the consequences. So having that conversation with my children, we talk through it. And so, yeah, we are completely funded by myself, which has its pluses and minuses. The min- the plus is you can do what you want when you want. The minuses, no one listens to you. I remember turning over 10 million and my bank just would not take my call Ugh, because I'm borrowed money. You know, they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. They n- never heard of us. You know, if I'd have borrowed money, they'd have been on the phone every single day. So there is plus and minuses. Would I do it again the way I did it? A hundred percent because I called the shots. And, you know, when I look back, people told me not to do this, not to do that, not to do this. Don't go direct. You need retail. And so if I'd have borrowed the money, they'd have been telling me all those things. So it just meant I could do what I wanted to do. And that, to me, was the right thing at the time. And then as you started to scale the business, Maxine, um, presumably the capital requirements shift, you know, you're getting a bigger business, there's more customers, you've got supply chain, you've got stock, marketing, la la la, more people you've taken into the business to to support you from a team point of view. Um, was there a switch, was there a, a kind of a, a, a switch where you just went, actually, now we need to, we need a different form of capitalization to help us grow? So our business model is really good. There's no doubt about that. It's a subscription. They buy every two weeks, every month. It's a really good business model. We have very, we have, I'm not going to say how many tens of thousands of subscribers we got, but it's good and it's big and they're loyal. And there was, I think when I first started in 2017, when I, I, May 2017 was when we officially launched, I knew the product worked. I 100% knew the product worked. And I said, arrogantly, bearing in mind, I had no business experience. I was launching a formula into a market that didn't exist. I said, I want in that in three years, which is very, very arrogant. That came. So late 19, early 20, I said to the team, and it literally was probably about, there was five, six, uh, and, and, you know, probably 12 in the wider business. And I said, what do you guys want? because this is no longer about me. And they said, we want to take the business forward. I said, absolutely fine, but we need investment. And they looked at me because we were cash lucrative. We'd never taken any money out of the business. The money was never ours. It belonged to our absolutes and how can we best serve them? So there was no like taking money out of the business and dividends. It was just something we didn't do. We just grew and grew and grew. And we took investment for, for many reasons, strategy, direct you know we wanted to attract really top people onto our c-suite as well i'd already made the decision at that point that i did not want to be ceo going forward i got the business to a really good turnover and we'd done really well i think because i didn't have any experience it would have been disrespectful to our absoluters and to our team for me to continue so i knew going forward when i entered the process of investment that i did not want to be ceo and that a lot of the investors are like, God, that's refreshing um, to hear that. Um, so it was about the strategy. It, it, it was about, yeah, I mean, we spent about a year um, looking at meeting investors. And at the end of the year, we have four offers on the table. We didn't go with the one that could grow us the fastest because it's a journey for us and we want to enjoy it. And if we'd have gone with the one that had grown as fast as we would have blinked and been there and it'd been like, whoa, what happened? You know, we didn't go with one that offered the most money because it was never about the money. 
you know, we were selling shares. It, what, it was the one that we felt was the most human that we could look in the eye and, and have really difficult conversations with. And it was, the, it was brilliant. So what have they brought to the business? Obviously, as a family, we sold shares. That means we became financially secure as a family, which was great. It then meant I no longer woke up in the middle of the night going, <gasps> it meant we could all concentrate on the business. Um, it meant we put really, really good systems in. So data protection, all those things that businesses think they're doing well. Absolutely not. Ours is phenomenal. You know, we've got our own, uh, yeah, we've got our own data warehouse. You know, we're, we're pretty damn good. So what they've done is they've enabled us to point us in the right directions of all those really good things that will take us to the next event. So the investor we knew on day one has got a five-year inflection point. So they'll want out in five years. We know that. So that'll be 2025. And we will look for another event then. At this moment, we don't quite know what that looks like. And I'm okay with that. That's quite nice. And scaling the business is obviously scaling absolute collagen, um, collagen supplement. But because we've got a very, very great relationship with our hundreds of thousands of absoluters, we are able to talk to them. So if we go back to early tw early 2022, we started talking to our absoluters. We didn't know what product we would be launching at that point. We just knew we wanted to listen to them. And so we listened and we are about to launch our range, our new range that I am so excited about. So what I will say, first of all, is we uh, we've, we've done the biggest clinical trial study on Absolute Collagen. No other collagen brand's done that. And that was because out of respect for Absoluters. We've also done the clinical trials on our new range. And over the range, it increases collagen by 143%. So that's phenomenal. And I think it's really exciting and says a lot about who we are, that we did not know what product we were going to launch. We just spoke to our Absoluters and said, and spent a lot of time and asking a lot of questions. That's how our hair range came about because they had thinning hair. So we created the hair range. And this deep lift range that we, there's four products. Um, we've already launched it to our Absoluters because they are fundamental. Um, the products are all Absoluter approved as well. They're part of um, the trials. The actual clinical trials we did were double blind placebo. What does that mean? That means that the, the people in the uh, clinicals get a product and the other people get a placebo. But a double blind means the specialists running the the scientists running the clinic cl clinical trials don't even know which is which either. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really exciting. And delivering for our absoluters, that's what we're about. It just makes complete sense to us. Yeah, well, how fantastic, because actually you're just, you know, adding more and more value, more and more benefit, more, you know, well-being, everything. And and so much of that, I think, also links to, well, one, the loyalty. You know, you've talked about yeah. your absoluters with such great love and, and fondness. And and always, I think, keeping the customer at the heart of everything you do is, it sounds obvious, but it's, it's amazing how many businesses forget or they become Or they so say cute. they do and they don't. You know, exactly. we all, no business is going to say they don't right and i get that um but yeah i mean it's all about them i mean as i said i brought a ceo in she's phenomenal we would never have got her if we hadn't had the investment um because obviously it's a risk for her 
And people say to me, what do you do now? Or what do I do? I sit in every single meeting. I've got the absolutes on one shoulder and the team on the other. I, all I do is think, how is that decision going to affect this? That, that's my role. That's it. You know, and it's all somebody needs to be looking at those two areas. Um, and it's, do you know what? It's fun. You've got to have fun, right? Absolutely. Life's too short. As we were talking about before we press record, you know, we don't know how long we've got. So let's make it bloody yeah. count. Absolutely. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And was it hard for you to let go as as CEO then and you know, kind of make that transition, or were you just naturally ready and, and it was just quite an easy transition for you? I think having Darcy, my co-founder in the business, and my daughter helped a lot because I know if I'm not there, she's got it. As in she's got the team, she's got the absolutes, and so that really helps. Um and also the CEO's been phenomenal for her, for the wider you know, the leadership team. She's really professional, very human, which is unbelievable. Um, she's 62. She looks, um, doesn't wear any makeup. I'm like, how does that happen? Um, and great experience. So I was, it was, it just felt, I'm very much that if something feels right, I do it. And it felt the right thing to do for, for lots of different reasons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of people, you know, they struggle with that, you know, let go to grow, I, you know, is kind yeah, of a phrase yeah. that I often use. Yeah. and. And you become you can become the blocker, can't you? In the absolutely. business, absolutely. Yeah. And, and for you, you naturally knew it was the right thing. The time was good. You had the financial yeah. backing, etc. So, yeah. But a lot of a lot of steps along the journey to get to that point, um, as well. Yeah, and I'm still the main shareholder. You know, I still carry clout if I want to. Um, but it's not about that. It's about working together. It's about challenging the, the board challenge, the investors challenge, and I love it. God, I want to be challenged. You know, we challenge back and the team challenge. And I think that's what it's about, right? Absolutes challenge. Love it. Hey, bring it on, bring it on. And can you can you imagine a day? I mean, maybe you can't answer this question, Maxine, yet. Um, but can you imagine a day where you're 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 not involved in the business at all in any capacity, be it shareholding or kind of, you know, from from playing more of an active role? Or do would you see, you know, you just continuing keeping this sort of very much aligned with the family? Do you know, it's um my purpose, I think every brand is either run by ego or purpose, right? And we've all got an ego. There's no, no point pretending we haven't, right? But I'd like to think that Absolute Collagen's purpose is bigger than its ego. My purpose is about empowering her, right? And, and that is my purpose beyond belief. I can't even begin to tell you how big that is. And not just her, you know, thinking about my childhood and, you know, this I, thinking I was less than because I didn't go to uni, I didn't do this. So I'm all about empowerment and that will definitely come through. And I don't know what that is. It's Prince's Trust, you know, whatever that will be, it will definitely, I, it's my, it's given that, 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 you know, whether it's through a product, whether it's through something else I go on to do, but it will always be about empowering somebody in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I love it. And and it's great, isn't it, when you do find your purpose and it can change over it changes yeah. through your life and, and, and that's perfectly normal. And you know, I mean, my transition out of corporate CEO to sort of, you know, running my own businesses, advising businesses, doing everything I do today, I am a hundred percent clear on what my purpose is now. And yeah. it wasn't always the case. You and know, that's and okay it, as well. That's fine. Because sometimes you, you know, need to yeah, work yeah, out. Yeah, we're just 
we're just kind of like you know figuring out as we go along you know say we're all figuring out as we go along you know but um but it is refreshing you know and i i'm a massive believer similar to you yours is about empowerment and mine's sort of linked to that i believe every single person has got greatness in them I you know but it, get that but it, it and and it's it sounds a little bit cliche because it is the title of my podcast. But these are the values for me around. You know, it is about being brave and bold, and and that is when you're going to unlock your brilliant. And I think my role in life is to help as many people as possible unlock that greatness in themselves. You know, by living and breathing those, those values and and trying to you know just kind of live their best life, whatever that might be for them. You know, it's, by, being, um, by being the person they're always meant to be. Absolutely. No, no less and no more. Yes, yes, 100%. So, Maxine, I could chat to you for hours and hours. We might have to do a follow-up, actually, um, the phase two, <laughs> in person. In Go person. for it. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> but before I um, I kind of come to the, the end, I've got a few final questions, if um, if you'll, you'll give me the latitude yeah. for that. Um, so when you look back over, you know, the incredible life you've had, the start you had, the business, the personal life, et cetera, can you think of the best piece of advice that you've received? Always be you. Always turn up as you. You are your biggest asset, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you certainly living and breathing that and uh, it's always stayed with you all these years and I'm sure we'll continue right through, you know, whatever's next in your journey. So yeah, I love that. And, you know, you've gone, you're going through lots of change, lots of things happening this year in particular. When you think about this year, if you were to describe it in one word, what would it be and why, Maxine? It would be congruent because that's how everything feels right now. It feels everything is in harmony as it's supposed to be. And I love that word. And it just feels congruent. It just feels right. Love it. Wow. Great word for this year. And the title for the podcast is Brave, Bold, Brilliant, as you know. So when you hear that, what does that mean to you? It means, as I said at the beginning, the courage and respect to turn up as you. And I've written a poem. Oh, you know. lovely. Never had and a this poem is, on here. Yeah, well, I'm doing, um, I'm the keynote speaker at the Woman of the Year Award. And this is my theme. It's like, turn up as you, be you. So here we go. In a world where many bring masks to wear, I say embrace yourself without a care. Go forth with courage, with love and grace. Embrace your true self in every single space. Always bring you to the party. No bluff. For my friend, you are more than enough. Oh, amazing. Fantastic. Oh, I love that, Maxine. That is so special. Thank you for sharing that. Gosh, wonderful. You know, I just think it's so important because I see so many, I just think everyone's got so much external stuff and we're all trying. Every, you know, everyone gets forced to look like this, to be that, to, to do this. And I guess age does help, you know, but be you. And I just, oh, there's just nothing better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, what an absolute joy to to chat with you, Maxine. Honestly, thank you so much for sharing your journey, all the great advice. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next, actually. <laughs> I know, it's so excited. And also, um, yeah, we'll definitely have to meet for coffee. I'd love that. If you're ever in Birmingham, let me know. And um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be super, super nice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Maxine. And to all the absoluters out there, current and future absoluters um yeah embrace this whole this whole experience of life that we've got right yeah and uh thank you for having me you are very welcome my pleasure 
I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.